and like this. So we're now going to go into the Sicha, of the first Sicha in Lakute Sicha, so the Rebbe's talks, on volume 19, and it's the first one on Parsha Dvarim. So we're here now. Let's go to first to first verse 1, and then we'll go into the verse 2, which is the talk of this whole talk. So in the first verse, it says the following. There are the wor- these are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on that side of the Jordan in the desert, in the plain opposite the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel and Lavan and Chatseros and Dizahav. So the Torah is giving us the exact description of where this was that Moshe speaks. What's the other side of the Jordan? This means the eastern side of the Jordan, not the Israel side. The other side, which we have already dealt with in the last four Uparshas, that the Jews conquered Sichon and Og. So on that side of the Jordan, before we go westbound over the Jordan, Moshe speaks to us. Now verse 2 says the following. And most of the words that Moshe speaks here are cryptic, and we have to understand and take it apart. So in verse 2, he says like this to the Jews. It is 11 days journey. It's an 11-day journey. Achad Asar Yom. From the place called Chorev, which is Mount Sinai, until the place called Har Seir. Until Mount Seir, which is Kadesh Barnea. So from Chorev, by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. So basically, it's an 11 day travel from Chorev until Kadesh Barnea. Now, what does Moshe want to tell us about this by saying that there's an 11 day journey? Why did he want to remind us? When he's talking about the journeys, remember we went through 42 different journeys. So this was one, one of the journeys. He says to them, to all the Jews, that it was an 11 day distance of travel from this place to this place. What does he want to hint to us by saying this 11 day business? So Rashi helps us to understand. You see this nice long Rashi. So we're only going to do one part of it on the part of when he speaks here, oops, sorry, this one here, this one here, on the 11th day, 11 days from Chorib. So Rashi says like this, Moshe said to them, to the Jews, Ra'u magaramtem, look what you have caused, that there is no shorter route from Chorib to Kadosh Barnea than the way through Mount Seir, and even that is a journey of 11 days. Look, it's an 11-day journey. Now, what happened? But you tra- traversed it in the three days. In other words, you traveled. It was shortened, the journey, even though it's an 11-day journey. You shortened it to three days. In other words, we merited that it should be only three days. And Rashi then goes on to make a whole calculation that of how we could prove that the whole journey from Chorev by way of Harseir to get to Kaddish Barnea, even though it, it was really an 11-day journey, Rashi proves to us through a calculation of dates that it took us only three days to get there. 
Now, let's go to the end of the Rashi. We find, therefore, that the entire journey from Chor to Kaddish Barnea took only three days, and to such an extent did the Shechina, the divine presence of the godly presence that came down to watch us and protect us in the desert, it came in a way that it exerted itself to hasten your arrival to the land of Canaan. Now comes the rebuke. You were lucky, you were fortunate, you behaved good, you got this done in three days instead of an 11. Imagine you're traveling for 11 days and in three days, you're there. He concludes, but because you sinned, he made you travel around Mount Seir for 40 days. So in other words, until the sin with despise, we were in good we were in good shape. We were in a good relationship with God. So God said, "Let me hasten your route." So instead of it taking 11 days, Hashem says, "I'm going to make it faster for you," and he does it in 3 days. But Moshe is hinting to us, why is he telling to us this whole thing about the 11 days? To tell you that that, at that stage, it could have taken you 11, but it took you 3. But later you messed up and you did not behave well. And therefore, Hashem ended up taking you with the clouds by day and the fire by night, leading you on the travels and around and around and around for 40 years. Technically, the whole journey to get to Israel could have taken much faster. Look how Hashem shortens our, our roots. But because we messed up, it you were there for 40 years. Now, this Rashi is quoted from the book called the Sifri. Sifri is one of the earliest commentators on the Torah, and that's where Rashi quoted this idea from. Now, what's interesting to note, which seems like it needs a little bit of clarification, is that from here we're ta- we see one point of Rashi bringing down this Sifri, is that he's trying to emphasize not on the fact that we that the trip that we messed up and we were decreed to go around in a circle for forty years instead of going directly to Israel, but he's trying to emphasize that because we messed up, the whole route was in a way of the opposite of the way the Divine Presence was really there to hasten us. Therefore, when it says 11 days, that the distance from Chorev to Kaddish Barnea is is a travel of 11 days, so Rashi's telling us that this is an introduction the 11-day business that turned into be only three days is an introduction to his rebuke that you were stuck there in the desert for 40 years. So the Rebbe asks a question like this. It's true that the travel distance from Chorev to Kaddish Barnea is, that took us only three days. And that proves to us that Moshe, that Moshe had in mind to include this point in his rebuking. But why do you have to say that the main rebuke is, is what it says clearly in the verse about the 11 days, and that's only an introduction. In other words, the 11-day business that turned into three days, why is it only an introduction to his rebuke 
that for, you messed up in 40 years, you have to travel around. The verse says clearly, for 11 days, it's an 11-day journey from Chorev to Kaddish Barnea. So why does Rashi kind of intimate that that's only an introduction to the rebuke? That's, these are the actual words of the verse itself. So we must learn from this that the traveling in the desert that could have been a, a, a faster route to get to Israel, which was the goal that Hashem tried to make an extreme miracle that we should have a much faster way to get to Israel. So it could have been either in an extreme hastening of a trip or the extreme opposite. That instead of hasting, it takes you 40 years. Nobody ever takes 40 years to travel from Egypt to get to Israel. I mean, that's an extreme, really you got lost. I mean, your GPS, your God's positioning system really was messed up. I mean, that's not a normal thing. So it must be what we see from here that there were two extremes. Either the extreme is going to be, I'm going to make the, any distance much faster. Like an 11-day journey, I'll turn it into a three-day journey. Or I'll make your whatever days of journey, let's just call it 40 days or whatever it could have been, much less, and it turns it into 40 years. Everything was an extreme. Now, by understanding this point, that there was an extreme change of, instead of it being faster than we needed it to be, it was super lengthened and slower the journey. From here, we could explain a, a difficult piece of Talmud in the Gemara in an elsewhere and this extreme idea will help us to understand a piece of Gemara. What's the Gemara? There is a Gemara Gemara and Talmud by the way is the same the same thing. Talmud means to learn, Gemara means to say the sayings. So in the Talmud in the tractate of Menachos over there, it talks about an interesting, famous, well-known verse in the Torah that leaves us with a lot of room for making a mistake. And there were many Jews that made a big mistake in how they interpreted this verse. And I'm going to share it with you. The verse says like this, The day after we leave Egypt, the verse says, Usafartem lachem, you should all count, that we call it the counting of the Omer, you should start to count, from the day after Shabbos, you should count 49 days of the Omer. When you finish counting the 49 days of the Omer, that's when Moses will bring the tablets down, he'll bring down the Torah, the Ten Commandments, the giving of the Torah, Matan Torah will happen on the 50th day. So, again, how does the verse, how's the verse written? The verse says, from, you should, you shall count from the day after Shabbos. Mimacharat HaShabbos. Machar means tomorrow. So, Mimacharat HaShabbos from the day after Shabbos. Now, what does that mean from the day after Shabbos? So, our sages have proved from dozens of different verses throughout the Bible, throughout the Torah, that when it says the day after Shabbos, it does not mean Shabbos 
as we understand Shabbat, the seventh day of the week. It means the day after rest, which means the day after you celebrated the holiday of Passover. So Passover is the first day of Passover. The day after that day, which the Torah is now calling it Shabbos, start to count the Omer. Now, that's the sages proving it and interpreting it. Now, we all understand that the sages' interpretation is called the oral tradition, the oral Torah. But if you look only in the written Torah, in the actual text, it says the day after Shabbos. So there were many Jews that unfortunately they didn't have that acceptance of the authority to believe in the interpretations of the Torah. So they said, we don't like any interpretations. We're only following the written book. That's it. Whatever it says in the written book, we're following that literal. We're not looking at all into the oral Torah. Now, we all know, if you don't look into the oral Torah, you could really, really go off track, big time. Because every mitzvah in the written Torah, you need the oral Torah to explain it to you. There's not one mitzvah in the Torah that you could do based just on the written text. It's written very shorthand in the written Torah. So, there were these Jews, we call them the Baitusim, they were also called Tzidukim, they had different names that we gave these people. They turned out to be big troublemakers for the Jews because they felt that they were keeping alive Judaism by only following the written text. They didn't want to follow any interpretation, but the sages had tradition of how to interpret it, and they had interpretation you know, passed down all the way back to Moses. So one of these Baitusim, he came to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was one of the greatest sages in the time of the Talmud. And the Baitusim said, this Baitusi, he said to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai that any time it says that after Shabbos, what does it mean after Shabbos? After Shabbos means on a Sunday. Not like you sages say, after Shabbos means the day after the day of rest. It could also mean a holiday day, but I say Shabbos means the way the rest of the Torah calls Shabbos. All over the Torah it says, six days a week Hashem created the world, and on Shabbos He rested. So He said that when it says you should start to count what it means, what it means to start to count 49 days? You don't start from a Tuesday. You can only start from a Sunday. I Pesach sometimes is on a Tuesday. Well, adjust your calendar. Make Pesach on a Shabbos. Remember, those days, how did you know when is the first day of the month Rosh Chodesh? The courts had to establish when's Rosh Chodesh. Witnesses came to the court and said, we saw the moon at its newest birth stage. So the best thing, the courts would announce, okay, today's Rosh Chodesh. If you know when's Rosh Chodesh, then you know when's the 15th of the month. And Passover is the first 15th day of the month. So they said, let the Beth Din rule that Passover should be on a Tuesday. So, uh, sorry, that Passover should not be on a Tuesday, it should be on a Shabbos. And when it says, Shabbos, start to count the Omer from the day after Shabbos, it's going to work good. So Counting the Omer always has to be on a Sunday. Starting from a Sunday, meaning Passover always has to be on a Shabbos. That's a far-fetched way of, of saying it. Now, what did he say to Rabbi Yochanan Metzakeh? He added this. 
He said, you know why I say so strong that counting Yomer must start from a Sunday? Because Moses was an Ohev Yisrael. He loved the Jews. And Moses knew that if you count 49 days from a Sunday, when is going to be day 49? On a Shabbos. Right? Because 7 times 7 is 49. Moshe loved the Jews and he wanted everybody to have a two-day holiday. So he wanted the holiday of Shavuos, of the giving of the Torah, to be on a Sunday. So then you have Shabbos, a day of enjoyment, and you have Sunday, another day of enjoyment for the holiday of Shavuos. If you're going to have Pesach on a Tuesday and you're going to start counting on a Wednesday, then you're going to have a middle of a week a holiday. Nah, Moshe loved the Jews. He was a lover of Israel. And therefore, for sure, Moses meant when he repeated the commandment that you should start to count the Omer from the day after Shabbos. It must mean literally the day after a Shabbos. And therefore, you must push Pesach to start on a Shabbos. And then the day after the first day of Pesach will be on a Sunday. So we'll have a two-day Shavuos. Day 49 will be on a Shabbos. Oneg Shabbos, and day 50 will be also a holiday. So beautiful. That was the way the Baitusi interpreted this. And that's what he told Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan said back to the Baitusi, he said, listen, it says in Parsha Dvarim, in today's Parsha, that Moses said that if the distance of traveling is 11 days from Chorev to Kaddish Barnea, it's an 11 day travel. If you think that Moshe was such a lover of Israel, why did Moshe hold back the Jews for 40 years in the desert? You're telling me that Moses was a lover of the Jews? <laughs> Look what happened there in the desert. Moshe ends up staying with them for 40 years. That's a lover of Israel. To get stuck there with your people for 40 years. Now the Tosfis, which is the side commentary on the Talmud, explains Rabbi Yochanan's answer. And he says, in this verse we see that, what do you mean that he held he held them for 40 years? What does that mean? The, the way Rashi and our Parsha explained it. That the 11 day journey is the, is the regular distance of the journey. But since you behaved so well, Hashem took us, and did it in three days. So if Mo, so now what did Rabbi Yochanan say? If God was such a lover, if Moshe was such a lover of Israel, why did he take us for forty years and he didn't succeed? He and Moshe didn't succeed in making another miracle, just like he helped us to make the miracle that it should take only three days. Now, what's not understood with this is, why is it so important to say that Moshe didn't succeed to take us like he did it in a faster route, like we did a fast journey of, in three days? And we're saying is, the complaint is that he took us, he delayed our trip for 40 years. Even if it would have taken us a full 11 days, that would have been nice. That was the, that's the distance of the journey. So we must say that the fact that he it delayed for 40 years would be would have been a success just like 
we had a success of doing an 11 day in a 3 day journey so that's this piece of Rabbi Yochanan but what's not understood here is like this the truth is that instead of lengthening the trip in the desert for 40 years we could have had it hasted like we did 11 day in the 3 days but why do you have to say when you answer this by Tusi that I'm going to bring you a verse in the Torah Rabbi Yochanan could have argued his case even without this verse. He could have just said that Moshe, that that Moshe is talking about after Shabbos, it means that just like he delayed us in the desert, it's exchanged. The distance of the of the traveling was exchanged instead of being quick in a miraculous way. In other words, he didn't have to prove it from a verse. Why did he have to prove from a verse? Now, if we want to understand why Biochan uh, had to say the verse of eleven of, of the eleven days it takes to go from here to there, and then you have to learn that there was a miracle, it took us only three days, and then you have to say, well, it's one second, maybe Moshe wasn't such a lover because he ended up t- traveling with us for forty years, and that's how he knocks off this by Tusi to to say to himself that you're trying to prove me that Moshe was a lover. Looking somewhere else, it doesn't turn out to be exactly like that. So don't bring me your proofs that don't make sense. But the truth is, any time a heretic, which is a complete non-believer, or somebody that's a non-believer of the oral Torah, whenever they set an argument and it's quoted in the Talmud or in a Medrash, their argument, especially with the sages, and especially when you see that the sages answer them, it must mean that that's all part of the trueness of Torah. You can't say that that piece of debate between a heretic and a sage that's in the Talmud, that, that's not real Torah study. That's not true. Every part of the Talmud is true Torah's emes. And we're supposed to learn it. And you're supposed to make a blessing in the morning. No say not Torah. We say Asher We thank Hashem for giving us a Torah, even on those subjects there. So from here, with this idea that every piece is true and we take it literally, we can understand here something in the particular wording in the way the argument went with this Baitusi and Rabbi Yochanan The Baitusi said, Moses was a lover of Israel. And therefore he wanted to give us a two-day holiday. Right? That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to give us a two-day holiday. But he said, he didn't say that God wanted to give us a two-day holiday. He said, Moses wanted to give us a two-day holiday. Was it Moshe or was it Hashem? Of course it was Hashem's commandment that you should count the 49 days from the day after Shabbos. What does this by Tusi mean when he says that it's Moses commanded us because Moses wanted us to have a two-day holiday? So he proves it, the Baitusi proves it, because the verse says you should start to count the Omer from the day after Shabbos. So he's proving it from a verse, meaning that it's not Moshe. So is it a verse or is it Moshe? So the sages prove, as I mentioned before, from many different verses throughout the Torah, that when it says the day after Yom Tif, it means the day after Pesach. The day after Shabbos means the day after Pesach, not the seventh day of the week. So this explanation 
to say that Mimachar Sashavas means the day after the seventh day of the week has no foundation in the words of the Torah. But the Baitusi argued that Moshe was the one that established this. That it should be the day after Shabbos. That means that you should, in other words, they're arguing that the courts should establish Pesach to always be on the Shabbos. Because there, there is a rule that the courts adjust the calendar a little bit when it's a must. When there's certain dire situations, for whatever reason, a weather condition thing, other certain thing, reasons, the court will push it forward or behind the day. And will make it up another month. So they said they push it off a couple of days in order to have a two-day yamtif. So Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai are knocked off their argument by bringing a proof from a, ver- from a proof from a verse that you can't say such a thing. And why? Because you see that Hashem could work in two extremes. Either He could do one extreme, turn an 11-day journey into three days. Or He could take a few-week journey and turn it into 40 years, depending on the need. So in other words, the debate between the Baitusi and B'yechanan is a fundamental question. The, the Baitusi felt that Moshe Rabbeinu was a lover of, the, of Israel. And B'yechanan Menzake says, one second, if he was a lover of Israel, what happened that it took us 40 years? What does this mean? If Moshe was a lover of Israel, means that Moshe Rabbeinu's love is not in the way the Baitusi says. That, you, that it's because Moshe wants us to have two-day yomtiv. It's much deeper than that. Moshe wants us to have a love affair with God that should be revealed in every day of our lives, not just in a two-day yomtiv. And he brings the proof from the 11 days journey from Chorev to Kaddish Barnea. That Moshe was giving a rebuke to the Jews. He was telling them, ladies and gentlemen... My Jewish nation, he said, let me tell you something. That in a revealed way, it looks like you've got a bad punishment from God. And if we don't shape up, it's pretty bad. So in other words, Moshe rebuked us out of love for us. If anybody that loves us the most, it was Moshe. Moshe said to us, hey, I love you so much, we better shape up. That's why we find, by the way, on a side note, that when did Moshe give us this rebuke? At the end of his life. We find that Jacob rebuked his kids at the end of their life. They didn't want to give us grief all our life. But at the end, you know, you got to put it down on the table. Moshe loved us. He rebuked us because he loved us. Out of love, he rebuked us. I once heard from, and I sh- may have shared this with you in the past, that the Rebbe once said, uh, 